AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken 00. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken 00. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Fighting cock intro, because T just told me to do it. Um, I don't have anything to say here. What, what do we talk about? Talked about Wanyama. Wanyama. Talked about Alderweireld. Poo. Pooing. Yeah, talked about pooing. Talked about wanking and wanked off in the cinema. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. Talked about that. Um, anything else? Uh, Man City. Man, uh, what? Man City. Did we talk about Man City? We did, yeah, did a little bit, yeah. All right, and, and we also talked about whether Toby Alderweireld is better than Lenny King in, 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 in concise sentences. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock! It's the fight in. It's the fight in. It's episode 13, season 6 of the Fighting Cop Podcast. Today I'm joined with T. Hey. Joined by T. Windy. Hello. And we've got James Moore, 442. Hi. Boom. Boom. Why are you here? Why am I here? Yeah. Because you invited me on because we're great mates. We did, you texted me and said, can I come on because I want to talk about the time I spent with Victor Wanyama. I, I think what I actually said was, can I tell you about pissing in Victor Wanyama's toilet, wasn't it? <laughs> Did you do that? Yeah. Did you do the interview with him for 442 at around his house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he pissed in his toilet. I pissed in his toilet. A bit yeah. rude. Yeah, did I you just, it. At least you didn't do a poo. No, that, would, that feels like that would have been crossing a line. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I've got issues with pooing anywhere outside of my house, but I certainly couldn't poo in a friend's house. I poo almost anywhere. Yeah, well, I'll, get, like, I'll go to my missus, I've never had a poo there. No, that's, that's rubbish. Fuck that shit, man. Well, I've got to go, go. Extreme Publi- circumstances only. Public toilets, like, I don't know, toilet on the street, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for a shit there, but. Anyway, any of your I houses. I feel like you've left it too. I mean, I don't know how long we've been you and Mrs., but I think it's been a while, right? I mean, I, I mean, you feel like you may have left that too long now. Yeah, yeah, we've gone past you, it now. Yeah, you it's, need to break the seal. It's the same thing with fighting as well. That doesn't. Yeah. That happens. Although, although occasionally, like in the in the morning, I'll wake up and like you know, people fart in bed in the morning. It's just it's normal. It's what people do. And I found myself farting by mistake, and then um, just being woken, being really paranoid that she's not asleep. <laughs> We've got more questions about poo in the second half. Jesus Christ. Uh, how is everyone? Really good, really good. Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah. It's not, I'm alright, decent one. It's not hard to be happy at the moment, is it? No. Is, not that, all. is it sad or great that football has such a bearing on our life? It's great. At the moment, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know it wasn't what great in May, but it's great now. Does anyone else get like the fear that this is all going to stop? That, that our, our, our rise and continued success and, and just all round performance is going to. One day stop, yeah, and, and we'll return to to what, everything we've we've grown up with. But even then, we're very Spurs fans are very capable of finding the joy in in the small things. Well, I, yeah, but, but that's because we haven't been put on, we haven't been we haven't been lifted up like we are now, and and to be lifted up only to be dragged down. We had a little taste of it at the end of last season, but it's kind of like being coming from an abusive home where your stepdad used to beat you up, and and you just you've you've, you've transcended. Into a new house. It's and surprisingly, it's projecting. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you, you've transcended and you've moved out and you've got out and then and you've bought a new house with your missus and then stepdad moves in next door. Like that would be the same sort of. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought you were going to say and then and then you have a child together and the cycle begins again. And you're, yeah. you're used to it. <laughs> the sad thing is that that probably would be yeah. the case. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, on, on lighter notes, uh, you, you got hacked this week, didn't you? 
at the weekend. It was the best hack I've ever seen. That was, that was beautiful. Like, when did like? Why do you guys just fucking grow up in a roundabout way? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, no, no way. No so way. so th- th- it was it was weird because it got hacked and someone ch- you changed your Twitter to this look like a young girl, a very very young girl, and changed the name to Cash Gertruda. Gertruda. Yeah. It was just weird. It was really weird. So I, I got an email last week from Twitter saying there's been a logon on your account on Google Chrome in Moscow. Mm. And I thought it was a scam email. It didn't look like an official Twitter thing, and it had an address at the bottom. I was like, well, big companies don't normally have their address, but lots of scam emails put the address at the bottom. So yeah. I ignored it. So I ignored it. <laughs> I ignored it, and then I went to the youth game on Saturday morning. So ironically, I was watching under-18s when this sort of <laughs> child pornography uh, was being blurted from my account. Um, and I just suddenly, like, it was pissing down with rain, I was holding um, a notebook to make notes on the game, and suddenly my phone started buzzing, and all, like people were just texting me saying, "Mate, you need to sort out your account; it's been hacked." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, what can I do from here? There's nothing." So I just carried on tweeting youth updates. Who are these pricks? <laughs> who are these pricks who who are telling you to change? Change? Look, you leave it. Leave it as well, long as what possible. What I did. I know you just put mate. I, I just put mate, thinking you'll you'll look at the Twitter notifications. You can so, see. I was worried about you though. Yeah, I, was, I was panic. I was thinking yeah, it came back. And, happened. What, to you. you came back and went. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like like would you would, would, would Wendy be your go-to person if you had a problem? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. Very I'm not the voice. most. I'm not the most resourceful, am I? I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, we know each other. We're mates and stuff. But if I had a problem, with all due respect, Wendy, probably wouldn't be you who I text first. <laughs> so but your problems would be a bit beyond. Windy though, so we've got to think about it from that point of view. Yeah, you, but, got, you ain't got much experience in crack cocaine. I'm quite, I'm quite practical, but I'm not very resourceful. But the thing was, um, I'm on Twitter and I see Ian McIntosh say, Windy, you've changed. And I thought, what's all that about? <laughs> oh my god, he's been hacked! <laughs> so I told him to go to WhatsApp group and say, Oh my god, Windy's been hacked. And everyone just starts piling again on top. Yeah, what, what was super awkward was that I was in a meeting at work this morning and um, one of my colleagues said to me, Oh, I started. I started following your um, your Twitter account because I saw my, and someone else was telling me about your article in the Standard, and then I saw you got hacked at a weekend, and you tweet. I, I suddenly wondered who it was tweeting porn on my timeline, and it was you. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. It really wasn't me. It's a blue tick next to the next to that made it all all the funny. But what I, didn't, what I didn't understand is what do they get out of doing that? Because there were no links tweeted, so they weren't generating any. I thought revenue. the first link. I thought the first one was a link. Oh, was it? Okay. I didn't, I didn't click it. But I clicked it twice. Um, Just to make sure. Did we, have we recorded a podcast since the, the game in Russia? No, we have not. No. Should we quickly quickly touch upon that? Because yeah, I'll put it at the bottom there. Uh, all right, do you want to do the Man City? Yeah, fuck it. Let's do Man City first. Yeah, we've got. We've got to start there. Wow! Wow! Was, it was. I, I, I had my reservations going into the game. I was kind of approaching it as as a kind of the, the old Tottenham in me. And thinking this is a free game, it doesn't matter if they beat us. They're brilliant. They, they're beating everyone. They're going to win the league at Canter. And then the game started, and all of that pessimism just dissolved. And suddenly, I was watching the Tottenham I've been like I said, raised up to to appreciate. Um, it's just it was just superb from from start to finish. Not even like even the time when Man City came on top a little bit there. Periods as as teams as good as Man City will always have. But they never really looked that dangerous, apart from maybe Laurie spilling that, that shot onto the post. James, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I was saying to T just before we started, I, we were so comfortable that, it, and you're going to hate this, it was kind of a little bit boring. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's like no kind of peril. There wasn't really ever no, like. A I moment. don't. There wasn't a, from two 0 There wasn't a moment that I thought we wouldn't win that game. I don't hate that. I fully appreciate it because I felt the exact same when we started winning under under Red Dap. Yeah. Like when we were beating teams at home just readily to three 0 I was like, where's where's the drama? Where's yeah. the script? Where's I mean, obviously this is the next level because they're the best. Potentially the best team in the league. But yeah. come, we were so comfortable. It was such a professional performance, like from back to front. Mm. Everybody did their job exactly right, and it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm glad Eric Lamella missed that penalty because it gave me that slight Edge. element of doubt. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I turn it up. I thought I take a draw. <laughs> that's what I thought all I thought you know I will take a draw at this point. But all week I was saying we'd win. To anyone who'd listen, I said no, we're going to win this game, and I wasn't buzzing quite as much because I knew we'd win. Normally, like when we beat Arsenal two one when those scores ago, I had no. I thought we were going to get hammered and we won, and that was this massive rush of you. I just thought, well, we're going to beat City. So, what you thought you, you were genuinely confident going in? Yeah, absolutely confident, not a shadow of doubt in my mind. And we knew the team. We knew really? the we knew the team early, and I thought, well, because we knew early, you'll probably tell a story. Remember? Yeah, well, case. Yeah. All right, we'll come on to that in two seconds. Go on. Yeah, no, I I I, I disagree with James. To be honest, I loved it. I was. T- Thoroughly excited throughout. I, didn't I thought, hate it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I was on the edge of my seat. I mean, I, I think because I just expected Pep to make changes at half time, and we'd seen what happened with the Liverpool game, where they had a terrible half, came back, and were outstanding in the, in the second half. Um, and, I, and I was just thinking that Pep's going to change this. He, he knows what to do to nullify us and to, to change things at the other end. Mm. But we were fantastic, and I thought the game was. Spurs this season have started slowly, but after 30 <coughs> seconds, we'd already got a shot away. We were pressing high. I don't um, think we have started slowly. We, we no, a, I disagree with that massively. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Start, uh, what, started each game? Yeah, yeah, we've been starting slowly and growing into it. We I'd had say. a shot within like 40, 50 seconds of the start of the second half as well. That's, yeah. That's on one that you covered on yeah. the yeah. I mean, I mean, do you guys think we're at our best yet? Because this was kind of led into that. I don't, I don't think we're there yet, and I think we have started slowly. We might be at our best now. Um, the thing is, it's our best compared to last season's best. We're not there yet, but considering the players we've got out, I mean that yesterday was exceptional. There were so many players on the top of their game. Yeah. I mean, the centre back pairing were incredible. Um, Son was brilliant from the start. That- Ali was back to his best, but Wanyama was my man of the match. Just absolutely imperious everywhere. Yeah. That that was that was the best display <clears throat> under Pochettino. Do you think in his entire career at Tottenham? I don't know. I thought Stoke last year. Stoke and City last year. Yeah, City, yeah. but that's under Pellegrini. This is this is a different city, and they they're, they're some of the best players missing though. As a curl, yeah. Well, we had three. Well, we had, we, we had three of our best players missing. So, look, what what I would say is that City, they we beat them two 0 We should have beaten three 0 but they weren't bad. That in fact, at times they were very good. Mm. Um, it was like two teams that were playing the exact same, a sort of attacking, uh, you know, pressing. Um, in a system it's just that Spurs were just much better I think the game was won in, in, in those pockets in midfield where they just no matter how hard they pressed they weren't, be, weren't able to get the ball off us um, they probably didn't press as intelligently as we did in the final third because that it was incessant I mean as soon as Bravo got the ball I, I, I mean Sun must have chased him down ten times yeah, in that game yeah. and it was incredible but what it was two systems very similar although I think um uh, City were, were wide they played with more width than we did we were much more compact but we, we, we mirrored their formation with the 4-1-4-1 yeah but we got the when, when, when we um, when we got the ball we just didn't lose it no matter how tight and how much they pressed we were able to pass out 
And they weren't being able to do that despite their quality. You would say on the ball that they probably had more technical players than we did. So certainly with Wanyama in, in, in that team, he's not the most technical player, although he has shown his passing ability since he's come in. But I just think, um, I, I thought it was a near-perfect performance. Um, and the only person I would dig out or all would, would be Lamella but that's not even for the penalty miss anyone can miss a penalty I, I just think he was probably the weakest mm. in a brilliant bunch mm. and any other game that would be a suitably a suitable you know a, a fine performance from Lamella to have it's just that everyone else was just leagues above I didn't think Sissoko was great I mean he he, he ran oh. his absolute socks off mm. his energy levels were incredible and he, and he also put himself about very well but his end product wasn't great no his end product wasn't great but he, like you said what he'd done off the ball was yeah. so so important it was important for the team really exactly. important I think what else we missed about Sissoko was um, his work his defensive work mm. often um, he'd be the furthest person back on the right hand side playing in for Carl Walker and um, another good thing of Anyama was when he got booked I was panicking and there's a couple of tackles I thought Another day he could have gone for someone. I don't think they're bookings myself. But I can see some referees being finicky enough to say, you know what, you're going to go for this. Because I've, because we saw Eric Dow warming up, and I thought, well, Dow's obviously going to come on for Wanyama. Wanyama just carried on playing his game, and, and, and he was brilliant. I mean, I remember against um, Stoke, he got a yellow card, he eventually got subbed off. But this game was almost a flip reverse of that. He got the yellow card and just carried on playing his game as a colossus. And he, he was another player who was just everywhere. Yeah. Do you think, in a way, having that yellow almost helped him focus more? Perhaps because he really had to concentrate on not doing anything since. Yeah, he probably became a little bit more reserved and thought about his game a little bit more. Um, but it didn't seem to change the way he, he played. He was fantastic, he, wasn't he? he? I mean, I, I was. He, he's exo- been our standout performer this year. I would agree. I think yeah. him and Walker have been yeah, our Walker's best. Walker's been. Too. But when Yama was a player, I was I was really pleased that we signed him, and especially we got, we got him quite so cheap. But I wasn't excited by him. I wasn't sort of. He wasn't a player I was thinking, wow, if we yeah. get to see Victor Wanyama and Spurs yet. But now he's become yeah. one of my favourites. It was hard to see where he was going to fit in at the start of the season because obviously we had seen Dyer play so well as a defensive midfielder last year and obviously mm. Dembele has been brilliant as well. But immediately now you can see the kind of match where he's going to make a massive difference. Well, the, the funny thing with, with Spurs is that um, we have a partnership. People think, well, whoever is in that position won't, won't fill in for them. So when you have Sandro Dembele, I mean, Mason and Mantle weren't world beaters, but we thought, well, these, these two will be our pairing for a while yet. Last year we had Dar and Dembele and we thought, well, Wanyama's just going to be a bit part player, but now Wanyama is almost competing with both of them. And another telling thing from yesterday, something that I've long wanted, is Pochettino said going to probably play with one holding midfielder, and that's something I want to see, especially at home. We don't need two holding midfielders at home at all, so it'd be interesting to see those team selections in the coming weeks. It's funny that that sort of slight tweak to the system going 4-1-4-1 has resulted in... Oh, performance is getting better and I think that there might be something in that and Poch under at Southampton he did go 4-3-3 quite a lot and this is as close to 4-3-3 as we've seen I'd say mm. under him so far and it does it works really well and Ericsson dropping that a bit deeper gets oh, him on the ball more and, and he was, he's so effective when he comes in for those sort of slightly deeper areas yeah fair play to Ericsson yes. yeah I mean the last time I was on we kind of coated him off a little bit after the Palace game well, flat in particular <laughs> coated him off a little bit uh, I, I defended him um, don't listen back <laughs> um, but he worked so hard and, and like uh, Wendy was saying some of his defensive work particularly in the second half was really really good really impressive just sliding think, in to nick the ball away and that kind of thing he's I don't so know, good I if we that. have the stats on the sprints or the run oh, I haven't got it. yeah it was it's insane right. the number of sprints so we um, we covered more distance than we had in any Premier League game and made more sprints than any other top flight team this season so far and Ali made 90 sprints having played 86 minutes on Sunday 82 minutes on Tuesday and then 90 against 
um, Middlesbrough last weekend. So Ali's energy levels yeah, are Yeah, so I heard a stat ridiculous. about Ericsson with those three, from those three matches, how much he had sprinted in those three matches, and it was like he was like the top or second in all three of those matches. So actually, was it? Um, I think it was in Dan Kilpatrick's article on Saturday morning where um, it was interesting about the amount of players covering a game, and Son was something like 2K down on Lamella and Ericsson, which might explain why he wasn't being used so much last year. Well, that I mean, was last year he was like not this year uh, I think it was on average this year oh right but uh, and I guess that followed on from last year as well but he must have covered more ground than he ever has in the Spurs shirt he was like you say he was just closing Bravo down constantly and, yeah. and yeah. both centre backs actually I thought John Stones did quite well under pressure he was brilliant he was brilliant uh, that dribble out where he went yeah, around about yeah. five players I mean he had that one loose pass which, which went straight to Rose but generally I thought both the centre backs were good I thought Otamendi Otum- Otum- could have been off yeah, couldn't he, he Deliberate uh, handball and a booking and another foul. Where our players yeah, surrounded the, the, the handball one and the booking was one thing. I thought the second foul wasn't the booking. The, the, I haven't seen it re- replayed yeah, yet. Yeah, he didn't have it. He literally could not can do anything. I, I didn't think he shouldn't have gone. Although he should, probably should have gone for a deliberate handball and but whatever. Uh, and he was he was out of position for he didn't track Ali when when that, Ali scored that goal. I mean Ali just walked. Through uh, through their defence, yeah. and I see Emily left him. But other, other than that, his general play, I thought both of those were good, and that's just a testament to how well we played in order to score two goals. Um, there's an interesting stat here for, um, that Barley posted. I don't know where he got it from. So in the last six years, only two ga- two Premier League teams have conceded fewer than four goals after seven games. Um, that was us, in, obviously this season in Southampton in 2013, both managed by Pochettino. And there's another stat that was sent in by Ina Barge on Twitter. Yeah. And it says um, the last undefeated team has won the league in five of the last seven seasons. Does he mean the last at this stage? Or the last, no, sorry, the last team? Last man standing. The lo- yeah, there's last a lot of teams that have lost early though, I think. Yeah, but five of the last seven seasons, team who didn't lose early wins the league. Five out of seven times. You, so you got to kind of. I'm the same. We have to keep our. The thing is, we have to keep our centre back and our goalkeeper fit for the rest of the season if you want to have a chance. Because they, I mean, they are the difference makers. You, you don't win the league without a solid base. And Alderweireld is unbelievable. I would say he's. I mean, I don't want to say. Well, we've got a question. Well, we've got a question. Two weeks ago, you would have said we'd never beat Man City without Dembele and Kane. Yeah. yeah. So, but this season we've, we've lost Hugo for a couple of games we've been fine um, Rose is out for a couple of games and I think last season I think we'd won less than half of our games without Dembele this season we won beaten without him and obviously I'm beaten with him too so um, I think this season even if um, Alderweireld does get injured which hopefully he doesn't I've, I've got faith in Vimmer to fill in and still do well fixtures aside I feel like Alderweireld does so much that is underappreciated. Oh yeah, I mean, um, he, he organises. I don't think it's underappreciated. There's some wild, he, wild, wild um, plaudits. Uh, what would you call it? Statements being played about how okay. how actually good he is. But we'll come on to that. But yesterday he probably played a nine out of ten. But because he plays at that level every week, exactly. Yeah. No one's yeah. saying he should be man of the match. Hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, obviously it's not unfair. He made eight, just, eighteen clearances. Yeah, him and him and um, Vertonghen between them made I think it was twenty four, something mm. crazy like that. Twenty four clearances, block shots, and obviously the pair of them are on the on the ball are great as well. I mean, they're so reliable with their distribution. Um, Wanyama <clears throat> in front of them obviously helps as well because yeah. he's constantly breaking up the play, be that with tackles <clears throat> and fouls, um, and and he's fouling was quite on the whole quite sensible yesterday. It was at times when he's not going to get a booking or not going to get a second booking. Yeah. I know there was a tweet yesterday I saw from an Ajax fan and um, 
Obviously, she remembers when Toby and Yan were at um, Ajax, and no one thought anything of Toby back then. Everyone was saying Yan is going to be going to be the player, but now it's almost world reversed. And yesterday was probably Vertonghen's best game in the Tottenham yeah, shirt. At least top fantastic. three, he was impeccable. Brilliant. Yeah. I think you've got to give a shout out to Rose as well because I thought. Oh the- man. <laughs> so much love yeah yeah he's, he's my favourite Spurs player but, but I, I, I love Dembele I appreciate him as the best but I have most affection for Danny Rose I love him so much um, but he, he was superb he was absolutely brilliant and, and you look at what our fullbacks our fullbacks are really important obviously probably the most important component of our team because we really see it when Trippier and, and Bridges Davies why do I always do that and Dave, Davies play not that they do a bad job they're just nowhere near the level that Rose and Walker are um, but they're so much they're so sensible and economical with the ball as well I mean obviously when they get into positions where it's kind of a low percentage you know you're crossing or you're, you're having to be a bit more inventive of your ball there's le- less likelihood that the ball's going to come off but playing into midfield they, I would say nine times out of ten yesterday found their man and, and, and found them in a way that enabled the player to turn into space and, and allowed, allowed us to kick on um, it was interesting go on actually lastly I was just to say James tweeted actually because earlier on yesterday that what you got to bear man we went to Moscow like three four days ago pulled out an, a Herculean performance then we go and do that again yesterday of all these sprint stats yeah it's just testament to how fit our squad is and just how well drilled how well drilled we are Would you, uh, we've got a question from swimming in a pipe dream on Reddit he says who, what do you think of uh, sorry what do you think when you saw the lineup? Um, were you like me you doubted it and how long into the match did you realise Poch had absolutely nailed it I just want to focus that a little bit and um, talk about Son because I was surprised when Son started up up top yeah. um, I expected just for his own confidence that Janssen would be given the nod but it soon became apparent that Son wasn't really playing as a nine was he he was kind of a false nine yeah a false nine if you want to use that and he, he's kind of he was darting around chasing Harry and, and he was perfect for the system you know, if we were going to beat, if we were going to beat City, we needed to, to to push and pressure from the minute they had the ball, regardless of where it was in the pitch. And we saw that many times. And actually, I looked at it at the times where you had Son running at the keeper, Ali and Eriksson, Ali and Lamella within twenty yards of him. Mm. And I'm thinking, there's going to be so much space, but you just didn't give them time to ex- exploit it. And it was just, it was just incredible. And Bravo must have thought, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like in Spain, I used. to Kick this about for fun. This is it didn't come from it did come from Spain. Did yeah, he joined from Spain. Shouldn't have doubted myself. Uh, yeah, he, he probably just did it for fun. But against Spurs, we just we were like a, a phenom. We were phenomenal. The only thing that surprised me with the lineup was Sissoko playing because I I sort of assumed that Dyer would just come back in for this one and, and give us that more solid base. Um, and I, I, I thought after Tuesday, Janssen's performance and and Son's performance again. I thought that Son would start up front. Primarily because I thought we needed Lamella in this game and playing Son up front gives you the opportunity to include Lamella in the team mm. with Ericsson and, and Ali also behind. And I like the idea of Son running between their centre-backs and also between Otamendi and Kolarov, who I don't think he's very good at left-back, mm. um, with Lamella and um, Ericsson playing the three balls. But actually, we weren't very successful with our three balls. We only actually play, played three completed passes into the box. And what Son did so well was, Harry, as you say, Harry defenders don't give him any time on the ball actually won a few headers as well with his back to goal held the ball up well 
good interplay, and like you say, check the, the three of them working in tandem to, to chase the t- to chase Man City's back line down. So you had Ali through the middle, Son off to one side, Lamella off to the other. From every goal, I took a photo actually from the goal kick to show our setup, and Wanyama was like halfway in their half as well. Mm. It was obviously a very deliberate ploy from yeah, the beginning, and that it worked really well. would have been the, the entirety of the reason that he played Son over. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing with Son was um, last year in the Champions League squad he was included as, as a striker too much derision yeah. um, I think against Leicester when the FA Cup he was up front more derision I think he got a goal in that game yeah. as well and now he's almost he almost is like an auxiliary third striker for us and yesterday I think was, was almost vindication I don't think even he himself believed he could play up front I think yes, they're given belief they can play that position. He talked about having rarely played there. Yeah. He didn't play there at all for Leverkusen and a well, couple of games for Wolfsburg. Hamburg, Hamburg sorry. Um, he, do you, I feel like Son is in the sort of form now that Bale was just before he hit his stride and Kane was just before he hit his stride, and it's he just has to keep riding this crest of a wave. And the longer we can, the more we can get out of him playing at this level, the better. I feel like he probably will have a dip. But at the moment, he's he's almost unplayable. You'd hate as a defender. You'd hate to play against someone yeah. in this form. I just want to I'll just address something you've just said <clears> in terms of the, the the derision that came from Spurs fans. It's like, do you need any more evidence that we don't know what we're fucking talking about? And do we have to be keep be proven wrong as a fan base? Just stop. <laughs> Just stop. Give these players a chance. Is yeah, it, isn't yeah it? like he, Poch isn't an idiot. He knows. He knows what they're capable of. If he doesn't know more than you, then he shouldn't be in the fucking job. And I don't know it's our prerogative of fans to be pricks, but just stop being a prick. You know what I mean, it's not. Just fucking look. If Poch thinks he can play as a striker, trust him, and that that's the right decision at the time. I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a dick. I don't know, but I, I just think that's just so boring. Having to read it all, all the time. Says the man who started the podcast to give his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> James, what do you think about Son now? Have you been surprised about his his uh, rise? Did you see enough last season to predict what would happen this? I mean, to be honest, when he first came into the team at the start of last season, I, I can't remember who it was his debut, but that game against Palace at home where he scored the goal, mm. he played really well. I, I can't. How soon after that was it that he got injured? It wasn't. It was a couple five, six maybe. games. Yeah, he had a bad injury as well. As yeah. he could play and be nursed through. I think it was like an injury that probably it's generally supposed to take longer to heal than well, I, I he looked, was given. I looked into it. It was like a the band from the ball of your foot to the heel. There's like yeah. a ligament that gives you flexibility and power. And he had the type of injury that supposedly you need to give a year's worth of rest in order yeah. to fully recover. So if playing with that injury was so, was so severe, then it was it is perhaps the reason why he didn't play as well. Because he, he had, a, I mean, he scored a couple of goals and he had a couple of slightly better games towards the end of last season. I mean, I know he was one of the worst players at Newcastle. Mm. Apologies again, by the way. As your fault. So yes, yeah, so I, I gave I, well, I gave my ticket to Tito. T- t- <laughs> once we couldn't win the league, I fucked that one up. Tito yeah. <laughs> t- t- took my ticket and uh, yeah, had a great time. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been surprised by how good he's been, but I've not been surprised that he's been good. If you see what I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. he's obviously a very good player and a very highly rated player in the Bundesliga. Um, and it always felt to me like if he was given an opportunity, he would perform to a higher level than he did in the second half of last season. Well, so he just hasn't looked back at Pochettino. He's just put him in the team. He's seen everything he wants to see from him, and he's got to start. He's got to start every game. It's what six goals and two assists. Is that right? Five goals and two assists. Yeah, last seven games. Um, James, uh, as a journalist, 
a learned journalist now, not just uh, just a, a writer of football. Learned. No. Is that fair? Uh, I, I just added that. All right. I'm giving you props, James. I've got a, I've got a two-two in journalism from a former poly. So yeah. <laughs> you got you got, hang on. You ended up at four four two after getting a degree out of the poly out of a poly. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> all right. Anyway. I thought you were a believer that that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. But as a man who went to university, a real university, <laughs> I didn't end up at fucking four four two. I'm a bit pissed off at that. Anyway, um, let's hope your employers don't listen. <laughs> fuck them as well. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Love you, Ball Street. Anyway, uh, can James uh, James tell us if you believe Spurs get enough credit from the media peers? See Harry w- Henry Winter's comments. That's from Ross H one nine eight three. Forgive me, I haven't seen these comments. What are they? I, I, <laughs> so the, the 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 bit I've seen from Henry Winter is um, a suggestion that our tactics yesterday were inspired by yeah, yeah. Uh, Brendan Rodgers playing a similar kind of high-intensity system against City with Celtic last week. Mm. I, I, um, I like Spurs Report's tweet about that, which yeah, absolutely nailed it, yeah. saying um, a Bielsa disciple um, <laughs> learning from Rogers last week. Yeah, Three days ago, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two days prep went into that. Why, yeah. why, what I don't understand is why people are getting so wound up. Like, it's... We, we see it, we know... It's like if someone who's ill-informed, as Henry Winter is in this instance, although he's obviously a very learned journalist, he, why do you get wound up about it? We know, you know, you're in a position of knowledge. You're seeing someone who, who's being, uh, who is ill-informed and spouting their opinion. It doesn't mean anything because you know the truth. It's narrative, isn't it? They, they've got to spin a story from something mm. um, and it feels like it's a convenient story. Yeah. The, the thing I say about something like that is, I mean, to defend Henry Winter slightly, I mean, obviously he should... I mean, that quote is, I think, maybe being taken slightly out of context anyway. But he won't watch Spurs mm. anywhere near as often as, as any of us do. Of course. Um, so that kind of thing is bad. But I think in general, people kind of... Journalists missing those finer points uh, isn't the biggest crime. Uh I did notice that after, <clears throat> excuse me, after two or three games, Everton were getting quite a lot of. After they played us, and then they won. I think the next three, I think they won mm. against like Stoke and Sunderland and West Brom, maybe. Yeah, and they were second in the league, and they were getting a lot of praise. And Kuma was getting a lot of praise, rightly so, because they were garbage last season. And clearly, they started much better. Yeah, and they kind of fell away a little bit. And then Liverpool were getting a lot of praise because they beat in Arsenal, Chelsea. Who's going to beat someone else decent as well? It was just those two. They drew with us. Uh, they did well against us. As well. Yeah, they probably, probably should have beaten us, maybe. So uh, what you're saying? And they is- were getting a lot of praise after that, and now it feels like this should be our turn, but it hasn't quite panned out that way. Do you want sort of it? Thing. Do you need it? It's better to not have it. I think at this stage. Absolutely. We had loads yeah. last season anyway. I don't know what. Yeah. You know, even in even in the shadow of Leicester, rightly so, we got a lot last season. Mm. Um, I don't know. Again, I, I'm not someone who looks at the, picks up the papers and and wants them to be gushing over us because. It creates expectation. Fans' expectation goes through the roof. Players read that shit, even if they say they don't. And it creates a different mindset. It's better to be unwritten about and to, to write your own story, to be a power yeah. of your own destin- destiny. And don't let, don't let the, the, the journalist or whoever else kind of shape what your future is. Because if you do it, it's not as great when you achieve it. So let them, let them, have, let, let them concentrate on other teams. It's great this season because there's seven massive managers in the league. There's huge talent in the managerial pool in the Premier League and it's it's the perfect time for Poch to shine through because I think he's he's getting he's starting to get the kudos he deserves doesn't that worry you a little in that he, he will leave 
Well, yeah. Yeah, because... Um, Every morning I wake up. Because <laughs> today... Pick Real Madrid. Today I just thought, you know... I don't know, I don't know how I'll handle it if, if Poch leaves. This is what I was talking about at the oh. beginning of the pod. It's what I'm saying. That he's not going to be around forever, then what? I know. So but just enjoying what we've got. That's it. I know, but just... I can't. I can't. He's irreplaceable. I'm he's just... literally irreplaceable. And what happens when he leaves? Stepdad comes back. <laughs> Tim Sherwood. <laughs> <laughs> to study the ship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the, um, the, the atmosphere at the game oh, yesterday was just, it was superb, wasn't it? So good. Well, I'd say it's up there with some of the best White Hall Lane atmospheres. Was it, it was the alley goal. I mean, the, 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 the thing about the alley goals, it was just, it, it was the relief, but not much exactly. relief. It, it, was the, relief. it was perfect. We needed the second goal, but we don't usually get the second That's goal. That's exactly it. We, we're so good at not scoring when we're on top, and it's something me and my dad have said for years. You know, you've got to score the, the crucial goal when you're having those, those spells and finish teams off, and we did it. And it just the place erupted. It was yeah. amazing. It was bedlam, absolute bedlam. I was right at the back of the Park Lane upper. And there's people like slipping down the steps and stuff. It was absolutely <laughs> bedlam. It was amazing. It's, there's no greater feeling than losing your shit at football. I think it's better than sex, better than drugs. It's the best feeling in life. Well, um, I cleverly went to toilet. And um, there was bloodless me saying, oh, Ottoman should have been sent off. And I missed the handball. Mm. So I don't know what happened. So they really do need that second goal. We were pressing. We really need, really need that second goal. So I hear a noise. So I'm thinking, what are they equalised? Then the noise kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I stormed out, I finished pissing, but I must have just zipped up as I running. <laughs> so I went up and in the concourse there's a TV which shows a replay. So they show the first replay, Ali's through and goal, TV cuts out. <sighs> show the replay again, Ali's through and goal, TV cuts out. That's your fault for going to the toilet, man. And then the third time it's they... God teaching you a lesson. And then the third time they fucking... It, it works and they show the goal. Surely in that time they would have, like, announced that Ali had scored or you would have kind of been able to tell. I was focused. I had that... Why didn't you just run it? I was more interested yeah. in just running out and celebrating with my peers. Yeah, but I was right in the back row and part laying up. What's the point? I'm not going to run all those flats of stairs and not, and not see the replay, am I? You, I couldn't see the Jumbotron from where I sat. <laughs> AMF. Yeah. Well, <laughs> against modern tyrant. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, we've got a question about Von Tongan saying was Which, it the best performance? Probably was, wasn't it? From De- yeah. Declan Ivers. Right, based on everything you've seen so far, how far can Spurs go this season? Are we title, title challengers? I think we'll finish 10th. Do you know what? <laughs> no, we can't we can win the league. I know, we absolutely can. I know we muck about and, and we're saying we're going to win the league and, and, and we're going to win it by Feb uh, because it's kind of hiding our own insecurities yes. and, and, and protecting ourselves from the inevitable misery that we've always always faced in our entire lives all of us even in the six even in the five years of this podcast with perpetual misery it, it, it's never far away there's always all, a punchline there was a great pod that we put um, I think we I can't remember who we lost to and then we started to pod, pod, pod hello people. darkness yeah hello darkness yeah. My, my old friend the uh, Paul Simon because yeah. um, it's there it's around it's like people that suffer from depression they never escape it or a smoker who can't it's those bad things, they're always around you and they'll never leave and you learn to live with them and that's fine. It's fine. Um, and, and allowing you, yourself to believe that those things are gone is dangerous. But we are tired. <laughs> I don't want to say it. It's the, it's, it's the Champions League though. That's, that's going to be the, the thing. <clears throat> Manoeuvring around high quality opposition in a week. And I know we've got a good squad. We've got a really good squad now. We've got much healthier backups. But that's the thing... It, that, will, that will hold us back do, do, that, that, that is a key point though because Son Wanyama 
so Soko, I've been, I, he's been better than I thought he was going to be. Mm. And a couple of others who have kind of come in and done okay have been much better than the players or the level of performance from the players we brought in last season when the key players are missing. Yeah. You know, we said before, we won that game against the best team in the league without Kane and Dembele and with Dyer on the bench as well. Mm-hmm. We never would have said that last season we would have beaten a team at that level without three of our key players. And, we, yeah. and without Ali on top form as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Although he was superb, he, isn't he? he was, uh, unbelievable. He, he was, um, again, another player that I've been, I've been, haven't been saying it on the pod, but I've been questioning what he does and, and, and his actual value. And I, 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 to put this on record, I do think he's a very rough diamond. He's nowhere near the player he's going, he's going to be. Um, but yesterday was just he, again in, in a shout for man of the match. Really as well. mature performance. Yeah, as well. he won, won the penalty as well. Yeah, dead, dead penalty was. I didn't enjoy the swan dive over. Um, he likes doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Sent a couple of moments of shithousing as well for me, which is always good to see. Yeah, he, he likes he, it. He's he's good to see. The yeah, he loves it. And, and someone who looks like he, he get absolutely the shit kicked out of him in a fight. He does give it a lot, but then that's generally the case, isn't it, with most people who get yeah. the shit kicked out of them. Um, okay, so obviously, uh, brilliant. Everyone's man of the match with Banyama, is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd, yeah. Say, yeah. I'd say Rose, but fair enough. Um, yeah, great win. They get in Moscow as well, another mature performance. Uh, it's very difficult in, to travel away, or, or I've, seen, I've never seen Spurs be as comfortable away from home, certainly yeah. travelling all the way to Moscow. It was never in doubt, really. They had some success in the first half in getting at us. I thought they had that striker who used to play... Is it? Is he played for? Everton. He was on loan Everton, wasn't he? I was, re- I was he really, really impressed by him. Really, really impressed. He seems to have matured a lot. Very difficult, big handful. But, other than having to deal with the physicality of them, once we kind of figured out their, the, the way they were moving the ball, we just kind of took over. We were fortunate with a goal, but we deserved it. Yeah, we um, did. We we created so many clear cut chances, and I think we were wasteful in the final third. But the most in, the most interesting part of it was uh, Nkadu's cameo. Yeah, it? I really loved the look of him. Um, and what was most interesting about his cameo was him tracking back and winning that ball. I said, I thought, you know yeah. what? He absolutely gets it, and I really look forward to seeing more of him. He looks so season. fucking happy all the time. Yeah. There was one a bit. Like, I think it might have been windy that tweeted actually. There was one a bit after that where he yeah. basically let the man go and he's kind of just yeah. like standing there looking the wrong way. And, yeah. uh, I mean, the one way like T says he chased back, yeah, right, he, yeah. he gave everything to get back, which is awesome. But he yeah. did just completely let this man go off him twice in the next five minutes after that, which people didn't comment on. Or, yeah, or why? Mention. Why are you but, doing that? Well, it's just you've got to appreciate the fact that he's a young kid and he's going to make mistakes. Yeah, 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 but he, he, he decided to put it out to 150,000 people at that right, we'll, we'll edit that. That's edit. been one of the good things this season with, with Son is to see someone in the team who's actually willing to run at people. Yeah, and he did that. Yeah, so Soko kind of does that a little bit as well, even though his technique is to run directly. But what we categorically know is he, he is an NG. <laughs> he's he's not going to be like NG. He's a little more polished. Yeah. No, and um, also another good news: um, Monaco and Leverkusen drawing. Even though I think Leverkusen were ahead, weren't they? And Monaco equalised. Yes. So obviously that would have been a better result if Monaco had lost. But now we're second. We've got from bottom to second. So Leverkusen look look a good side as well. They do. They beat. Did they beat Dortmund over the weekend? Yeah, they did. So yeah. it's going to be a tough game when we play them. But I think that was a massive, massive win for us, and it keeps us in the group. Massive because if we'd have lost, it wouldn't have been completely a lost cause, but it would have been very difficult to climb back. All right. First half done. Yep. Conclusive. Fucking love being a Spurs fan. So do I. Yeah. We be back to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth update. Looking at our young players and players out on loan. Although actually this week just the young players because I'm going to be talking mostly about the under 18 
uh, match from Saturday. So I'm just on my way back from recording the fighting cock, um, and I thought I'd record my update in the car so that I can uh, so that we can produce the podcast more quickly, basically. So there you go, a little glimpse behind the curtain. Um, so as well as having my Twitter account hacked on Saturday, I watched the under 18s against Arsenal. They lost 4-2, and they were rather unlucky, which I'll come on to shortly. Um, both of our goals came through Rio Griffiths, who's an absolute goal machine at the moment. He's very impressive, um, recently converted from a winger to a striker. I think actually he used to be a fullback, so I mean that might explain why there's a few rough edges to smooth out in his game, but really doing well. Uh, started the season in exceptional form, scoring goals in every game he's playing, and I really love the look of him. He took both of his goals very well. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot more to come from him and he's a player to keep an eye on, so signs are good. Um, the most impressive player on the pitch, though, without a shadow of a doubt, was uh, Jaffet Tanganga, who was returning at uh, centre-back after a long injury layoff. He really was superb. Blocked everything, headed everything. I mean, he took one straight to the face, which was just absolutely brutal. Um he really was uh, very impressive and alongside him young TJ Ayoma who is just a who's just a 16 year old uh, novice really but he plays the game like a seasoned professional he's so calm on the ball um, and I was really pleased for him because he had a tough game against Seska Moscow in the week where he played it right back and he did struggle a bit but back at his natural centre back position against a good Arsenal front line he was really good um, I was also very impressed with Tariq Kind, who played it right back, who I've not seen before. He uh, looked very composed in possession. Uh, yeah, really good on the ball. Had used the trick well, where he sort of stepped over it and dropped a shoulder and came inside, then found a nice pass inside. What I need to see more of from him uh, next time I see him is is taking taking on his man and, and showing him the willingness to to go at go at the uh, opposition fullback and get forward because he didn't really do that so much. It wasn't the right game for that, but. Um, yeah, really like the look of him and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. In midfield, uh, Dylan Duncan had a real game of two halves, so in the first half I felt he struggled. Um, things didn't really go right for him, but he stepped up his game really impressively in the second half. Um, and and yeah, I mean, he looked like a different player. There was one point, I mean, firstly, the first thing to say is he was heavily involved in, in Griffith's second goal. Uh, and also... Uh, there was there was one piece of play where he got the ball out on the right, and he, um, he he beat four men basically, and, and waltzed his way into the box very impressively. Really, really, really good footwork from him, and that was probably some of the best play I've seen from him at any point uh, so far. So yeah, good signs from him. Uh, alongside him, Oliver Skip, who's 15, really good uh, showing from him. I mean, he wasn't thoroughly in the game, but when he was, he was excellent. Um, George Marsh playing in, in sort of the anchor role in midfield and with the captain's armband wasn't great, but I like Marsh. I like a lot of um, what he's about. He's, a, he's got a bit of the Scott Parkers about him, as I've mentioned before, and uh, again, he's one to watch. So, yeah, promising signs from the under-18s. The, the, the goals they conceded uh, were a bit sloppy. I mean, you might end up seeing the highlights. Spurs haven't been putting the highlights on lo- on, online uh, so far this year, but I'm hoping they will with this game. They were really hard done by because in the lead up to Arsenal's third goal, Jack Rolls was very, very clearly fouled right in front of us. Um, and, and normally in these games, you don't get complaints from, from fans of the sideline. It just doesn't work like that. But uh, myself and others were sort of shout, remonstrating with the referee who, who did put his whistle to his 
mouth and then and then retracted it and didn't call a foul, which was so obvious, the most obvious foul you ever see. Uh, and Arsenal carried on and scored, and then they they ended up scoring a fourth with the last kick of the game. It was very hard on our boys, and, and that's why I was remonstrating with the ref because I felt like our boys had worked so hard to get back into it. And when they got the equalising second goal, I felt like if one team was going to go on and win, it would be us. So I was a bit gutted for them after a lot a really good effort that they they kind of had it robbed by the referee. But but there we go. Um, in in many ways, it's good that it doesn't always go for them. It sort of teaches them that. Um, you know, football's not always fair. Anyway, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you're interested in more on young players or just someone who tweets kiddie porn at um, sort of half eleven on Saturday morning, then follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys. I come on your Spurs. Welcome to the second half of the Pint and Cop podcast. Hello, Windy. Once again, um, we just did Snapchats. Um, by and large, rubbish. Uh, the biggest disappointment was Joseph the fourth. Yeah. No, um, no cock. Zero cocks. Well, there was two cocks. <laughs> no, no I'm, being, I'm being harsh. That's mean. Um, yeah, no cock, man. But there was there was one funny thing that came out of it all. Oh yeah, we had a question from Adam Defonts. Adam Defonts. He says, "Have you ever given or received a blowy in the cinema?" I've been pulled off. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. What was the movie? The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Scream 4, I'm betting. <laughs> Trying to think, actually. What film was it? It might have been Crouching Tiger. You got pulled off, what, at the back of the cinema? Was there no one else there? It was, no, it was very early on in the relationship as well. He did the popcorn trick. The whole I should have, actually. I box. kind of regret not doing that, though. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got pulled off, but not a blowy. Did you finish? No. So... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get fully pulled off to completion, but I did get pulled off. Yeah, a little bit. What? It was. She undid the buttons and just pulled your cock out. I think it was. I think it was through through the boxes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. This is this is going back about 10, 15 years. A long time ago. Uh, ten, ten. That's not that long ago. You you, you was a grown man. I'm fully, I'm big big props. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was thirty then. <laughs> oh, see, I, was I, it a busy cinema? Um, not particularly. No. There were other people in there though. Yeah. Are you regretting not telling this? Um, I don't think it'd be a big deal off where everyone's had, off where everyone's had that. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> the closest I've ever got to it was when I, uh, my ex-girlfriend, very, very early on, maybe 18, uh, we was watching House on the Haunted Hill, a really terrible kind of, just a rubbish uh, horror movie, and uh, she started feeling me up, but I just was more interested in watching the film, really. I, I don't really like public displays of wanking or sex. That that brings me on to something, speaking of films. You did a very good turn on that podcast the other day. By the way, two girls, one film. Jaws. Yeah. It yeah. was fun hearing you geek out. Yeah, mate. I, I, I like, so, um, I don't keep talking about my ex-girlfriend. But my ex-girlfriend, Amelia, she's got her own podcast called Two Girls, One Film, where they they review films and they were doing Jaws. Jaws is my favourite film. And I fucking love it. Like I know tons about it. I've seen yeah. it a hundred times and uh, I would talk about it now. I'd rather be talking about Jaws now than Tottenham. Even. I've never heard it sound like that before. I thought a bit like, like I've been cheated on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't geek out about many things, but Jaws was, uh, Jaws was incredible. Anyway, if you want to listen to that podcast, then uh, yeah, two girls, one film. Uh, give them a follow, subscribe to them and uh, do them a favour because they've got fuck all at the moment. Um... Darren Green says, should Poch move on? Actually, oh, no. let's do... Uh, sorry. Let's do... <laughs> I've fucked that up completely, haven't I? Uh, now, we've got <laughs> wrong in 60 seconds. We said we'd bring it back this week, and so we are. Here we go. 
contender. You have 60 motherfucking seconds to defend the indefensible. Tell him, D. What the fuck you gonna do? Right, here we go. If people don't know what wrong in 60 seconds is, um, we haven't done it for a good, good while, maybe over a year. But what we get is people to send in questions that are impossible to ask us uh, answer. So I think one of them was uh, explain why uh, Sol Campbell made the right decision by leaving leaving Tottenham to join Arsenal. I think I had to do it. I'm not sure. It might have been Ricky. Oh god, yeah, that was hard. Anyway, we spin the can, and the ring pull end. Whoever it lands on has to answer the following question: Should Poch move on to pastures new? Tell us why Big Sam is the best choice for the next Spurs job. And you've got 60 seconds to do it. Let me get my phone. Right. Ready? Yeah. Oh, shit. Beer's gone everywhere. And I would... T's <laughs> 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 T's moving. Don't move, son. That's not fair. That's man. more you than James. So you've got to do it, unfortunately. Fuck's sake. All right. So 60 seconds <laughs> is on the clock. I've not thought about this at all. Where the fuck? There's a timer on that thing, man. Yeah. Where is it? Someone Where help me quick. Me? Quick. Alright, okay, ready. So timer sixty seconds. Here we go. Go. Um I think Big Sam would be great for Tottenham, he'd be a very safe pair of hands. I think um, you know, he'd get rid of all all the Nancy boys. <laughs> and I think he'd make us, you know, a real really tough team to beat. I think, you know, bring back Defoe, get the best out of him. He's what the tail end of last season, how great he was with um with Jermaine Defoe. I think Postino is very, very slow this subs. I think Sam would be very, very positive making the substitutions and I think um yeah, I think I think Sam deserves a, a job at a top English club, and I think Spurs could be the club that does it for him. I think West Ham were the wrong club for him, and I think Tottenham could be the place where he should he, he, he should be. Um, Twenty seconds. Fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> this is really hard. Um, uh, also, I think I think Allardyce, um really does get under the Arsenal fan skin, so I think that's another way we are we are fitting very very well. And um, yeah, I think Big Sam will be perfect to replace Pochettino. All right, that's all done. I feel sick. Uh, the thing about that, right, is that Sam Allardyce it probably doesn't deserve to have been sat for England. I don't think. I thought it was pretty harsh. I I don't think he should have been sat, but he is a pillock. Yeah, he's a pillock. He's an, he, he, he was very silly, and his excuse for it was uh, entrapment one. No, you're stupidity one. <laughs> That, that, that's, that was the issue anyway. well, that's the second time he's been caught as well on camera saying stuff that he shouldn't have said and, and, and you know he, his face and his demeanour and his general just, just his mannerisms are perfect for hidden camera stuff he just, he's, he he's just, just pompous isn't he it's just the way he sits there he's just like it's like if you, if you saw him if there was grainy video footage of him getting a blowy from a really old prostitute you wouldn't be surprised no it would look normal He'd be eating crisps in the meantime, wouldn't he? He'd be eating some walkers on McCoy's. James, as a, as a, as a learned journalist, yes. uh, what did you think of that investigation from the Telegraph? Uh, in what sense? Or was it valuable? Do you think that they, uh, they made a mess of it? Was it worth releasing? I, I've been, I've been quite, to be honest, I've been quite underwhelmed by some of the things that have come out. That yeah. Hasselbank thing, I didn't really think there was much in that. He clearly agrees because it sounds like he might be about to sue them. Yeah. Um, I think when they went from the England manager on some kind of fairly kind of iffy claims yeah. to the assistant manager of Barnsley in the space of 24 hours, 
you knew it was ramping down quite quickly. It didn't uh, just. I don't know. I just I, obviously what Allardyce did was wrong, but I I think it was probably quite harsh attacking. Yeah. It's interesting that they've gone after that one agent. I think it's Carpenter's name, Italian name, but. There's another. There's a, that sounds fucking terrible. I'm really sorry, but there's an agent, Jorge Mendez, who's Mourinho's agent. It wouldn't go for his clients at all. So it's it's kind of telling that who they've targeted there. I just think uh, I, I think it's a shame because investigative journalism is is crucial and, and important and plays a major role in our society. Certainly in unearthing wrongs that are typically around people that are, are impossible to touch. You know, very rich people, and there's no greater platform to un- unearth some of that corruption than, than, a, than a plate of uh, a paper like the like the Telegraph. It's just there's nothing there. It just doesn't. Let's put, put it all back on the agenda. Let's put it back in the public consciousness. But it, it, these particular things that I think they've uncovered in this instance, I don't think are particularly shocking or surprising. I mean, I like I said before. Sam Allardyce was caught on camera saying stuff 10 years ago in that panorama thing, I think. Mm. Um, so I don't think anyone was really surprised that Sam Allardyce was a tiny little bit iffy. But saying that, I don't think anything that he said was um, against any... I mean, he said anything that broke any rules. He just basically suggested there were ways you could get around well, it. Course. I mean, I know the, the reading of that, the implication yeah. was that he was going to help them do that. But don't, don't you think he got sacked, though, because of his, um, his opinions on Roy Hodgson and, and the FA? And Gary Neville, all of which I think are fair opinions, certainly to have in private, which he considered that meeting to be. Well, investigative journalism is a means to an end, and the end is to get rid of corruption. I don't think these exposés will do anything to get rid of corruption. These are, this is fairly small scale compared to you know, other shit that's going on. I, I think they just did nine months of work and thought, fuck it, this is all we got. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think the opposite. I think they were halfway through a bigger project and they got wind that someone had found out some of the stuff and could leak it. Because, you know, there was, there was a few people on Twitter who were sort of saying, oh, yeah, these are the people involved um, quite early on before they'd gone out with the, the rest of the stories. And I feel like they'd done half the job and had to bring it out early. Um, well, they shouldn't have done... that. Would be in, t- in terms of journalistic integrity, mm. they probably shouldn't have done that. It's not about claiming... It shouldn't be about claiming the glory of unearthing this stuff. It should be about the betterment of our support. Mm. But they're a business. I can understand why they've done it. Anyway, let's move on to... Better things. You spent some time with Victor Wanyama. Top, top journalism. Yeah, giving up so halfway cool. through like a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you, at any point during the Victor Wanyama interview, did you think I've got to give up? He knew it was being filmed. By the way, that wasn't. Yeah, there was not there were no tricks there. I didn't just turn up and just say. Oh, so what, what was he like? So, he, so you've kindly brought us in loads of uh, copies of loads, three copies three, of yeah. uh, four four, four two. two. Um, it looks really nice actually the cover yeah. I'm loving the matte new, cover new matte finish on the cover yeah. which is, uh, the paper is uh, of a higher quality and more expensive than the old gloss cover despite what some people on Twitter have been saying and some people that phoned our office to complain <laughs> um, what? I, I, honestly one of my colleagues probably spent about 10-15 minutes on the phone to a guy who was complaining about that what, he likes the gloss cover he likes the gloss cover and he thinks that that's going to be too absorbent and if a kid got like grease on it it would ruin it but I'm pretty sure if you get greasy fingers on one of those gloss covers, you're going to get smears. And just don't, as a man in magazines, if you have a magazine, don't get grease on it. That's, that's my advice. No grease. Or just concentrate on some of the bigger problems in life. Yeah, or that. Don't worry about it. One or the other. Jesus, fuck. Seriously, <laughs> um, the uh, cow, uh, I still haven't sorted him out another copy. He, he, I accidentally on the, fo- on the uh, fanzines left a thumbprint on his, on his copy, cow who comes on the podcast occasionally, and he called me up to get another one. 
And I was like, he was like, I was like, where are they on display? No, he just has them tucked away in the shelf, but he knows. He's a collector, he knows, though. He's, he knows, yeah. is he? Yeah. I need to. I, I don't have any copies of four. It's completely gone, but um, he's gonna have to live with it. So, but about one um, yeah. did yeah. you did you talk about like his his semi humble beginnings, or was it just about Tottenham? Yeah, we talked a bit about his his upbringing in Kenya, and uh, as I think most people realise, you know, it's it's not it's a very different world for a player for a person growing up in Kenya in Kenya or any part of Africa really than. Uh, it would have been for like our English players growing up here so he spoke a bit about that um, also talk a lot about his career today his his hero is Roy Keane I don't know that makes sense surpri- yeah, yeah no no that's not surprising and that makes sense the way the he plays the Celtic shirt number it's over beyond that isn't it yeah so he wore oh shit it's 60, 67 isn't it, is it so he wore 67 at Celtic because that was the year they won the European Cup yes the uh, Lisbon Lions yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently I, I didn't know this but apparently Celtic and Rangers are two quite highly supported clubs in Kenya because they both kind of have charity foundations oh really so he was saying that when there's an old firm game you'll you see people in, like, in pubs in Kenya bars in Kenya wearing Rangers and Celtic shirts what it's just oh, fucking really, really weird, cool. <laughs> really yeah. weird. It's so much weird about that why, no, why have they gone why have they gone to Kenya like there's fucking well, shitloads of poor countries just, why have both of them gone to Kenya I, I don't know I don't know I mean I don't ever one of those things where one club board went went went. I've got this great idea of being a fucking fix shit in Kenya we're going to go over there and build some schools and that and then Rangers like fucking heard wind Celtic they're going to Kenya they've got they, to build a school we've got to build a school but you know when they were both sponsored by Carling yeah. they both had the same sponsor and I think NTL as well they had the they same have to sponsors share, a lot have to yeah. share it. because there's so much like beef they have to have the same sponsor so they don't get boycotted maybe it's like that that's interesting I didn't know that I, now that you've said that I've seen, I can visualise NTL yeah. on both of them yeah so, so they have to negotiate. They have to fit, they come together and negotiate. I don't think they do it now, do they? But that was yeah. in the, the 90s. Yeah, I presume that it might. Um, probably it's only good for 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 their sales if Catholics don't want to buy it and all, all the rest yeah. of it. Um, Wanyama in the interview said, he said Spurs play, Spurs fans don't. Um, sorry, first players don't typically talk to him about his humble upbringings. I think you meant other players in general, not just the Spurs players. Yeah, I, yeah, but and you can understand that because it's quite. Oh, can you imagine Harry Kane going? Fitter. <laughs> Tell me about your time in Kenya. <laughs> I can't imagine that ever happening. Because is, I've, I've, read a, I've read an article of him. I don't think he was exactly like poor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, I, mean, yeah. I think by the standard, I think he was relatively uh, well off. I think I'm right in saying his parents both worked with the railroads in Kenya. I think, and his but brother is, was a footballer. Well, his yeah, brother which is he's a footballer. got like three brothers who are footballers, and his dad was a footballer as well. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the, the, he, I mean, don't get me wrong. He still had to walk. What was it miles to? Yeah, go I think play. seven miles. To train to play, uh, to play in like away matches as a kid. Yeah, uh, but supposedly that wasn't a hardship, and he just had a laugh on the way. So, whose idea when he was coming up with the artwork for this was to give him the most terrifying stuffed cockerel I've ever seen in my life? Well, I te- when I tell you that I had to carry the fucking thing from Twi- <laughs> our office in Twickenham to his house in North London uh, on a really hot day on a Tuesday a few weeks ago. <laughs> You probably realise it wasn't my idea. <laughs> he um, he looks terrified. Like every picture he, you've got him, you've got one in, him holding it, and he's looking at it like it's it's putting a curse on him. <laughs> and, and and then he's eating his dinner. What the fuck is he eating? Is that pancakes? pancakes yeah. He's having a pancake with a pancakes. Yeah. Pancakes, yeah. Was that a real pancake? Did it he was a real pan- I have no idea where that came from. So our photographer just kind of walked in and started speaking to his agent brother and saying, uh, "Can we shoot him? Because this is his dining room. Can we shoot him eating some food while the cockerel stood on the table?" Uh, and they're like yeah yeah and then suddenly I walk out of the room and walk back in again and, and there's this like food on the table <laughs> so he's eating what looks like a horrendously burnt pancake 
um, a glass of orange juice, and he's staring at this cockerel like it's going to rip his throat out. It's the strangest artwork choice, but... I know, it's it, really weird. It, I mean, it kind of works. Look. I mean, don't no, work for a podcast. Yeah. No one can look. No, but, you know, I don't know. I, the, the thing is, he's... he's like, like Wendy said at the beginning of the show, he, he, he's, not, he's not someone that you, you expect... Or, or was that excited about? I did. A, I did an interview with a Southampton channel called The Ugly Inside, and they they asked me about are we happy that Wanyama signed? And I was like, yeah, I'm happy. In the same way, I was. You're kind of happy that your roof's been fixed. <laughs> like you know, you, you're, you're happy that you, the water's no longer coming in because that's the kind of role he provides. You know, he's gonna he's gonna shore you up defensively, and certainly we've been much better defensively than we were last season. And last season we were great. This season we look solid as fuck, um, and and that's partly down to his performances. Um, but I wasn't excited. But he, he's growing to be uh, just a, like a a stalwart for Pochettino's system. The, the, the rugged, strong, aggressive, spiteful at times, but all with intent and, and professionalism. It kind of embodies all that. But the, thing, the other thing is that um, he speaks a bit of Flemish as well, which helps him fit into to the squad. Mm. He spent a bit of time in Belgium. And um, he fits in to the, to the squad very well because he's got a very big personality, and all these things play a role. Because you know we're all into all these like dressing them selfies, wish you wouldn't, but mm. it's nice that he's fitted in so quickly, and it helps that we're winning. You uh, you spoke to him about the um, it play, uh, watching it, the, the spaghetti tweet. The, the, the spaghetti tweet, yeah. But no, paranormal activity. The paranormal free, activity yeah. free. Right? <laughs> so, so, what happened? There? I, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this tweet. I think it's from like 2012 <laughs> when he was still at Celtic. Um, but the tweet was, it was something like, "Last night I watched Paranormal Activity free. Had to put it in the bin. It was too scary." Or something. <laughs> like that. Obviously, no punctuation. Yeah. Um, and so I asked him about that and whether he'd seen the end of the film, and, and he said he literally did actually stop the film halfway through take the DVD out put it back in a case and put it in the bin and then the next morning just threw it away he never watched the end it's of the like film it's like Joey who, who put, when he puts the book in the, in the bin was, was he it was uh, and they put the book in the fridge because it's too scary it, that sounds like Joey I think it's Little Women actually it was too upsetting so he put it in the fridge I don't know whatever it was but um, yeah that, that's fascinating he just, it adds the, the thing he came into in, into Tottenham with this persona of like lovable persona because obviously English is his second language and, and that's part of what makes his t- the old tweets certainly yeah. I'm sure someone has does it for him now but the old tweets more uh, entertaining because it's kind of through a rudimentary understanding of English did he come across well, no, as I quite think he, uh, is English wow it might be his first language because, he probably is his first yeah, language yeah I think so he probably, so speak, he probably speaks Swahili yeah, back home but I don't think yeah, I, I think, think they probably, probably speak well they don't they didn't teach these Parents didn't teach him how to use full stops and commas, nothing like that. <laughs> how English was it? He didn't go to a proper university like you. Well, it's fucking get. It's, you're right. You're right. And one, one, day, one day I'm going to get your job, James. I'm going to actually. I might write a letter to your editor and say, "Do you realise that his degree is from a polytechnic? And what really value? What, what value is that? Do you know who went to That's his great uni? English, who? Do you know who went to his university? By the way, who? Another journo. Who? Yeah, man. We came on a pod once. Oh yeah, yeah, Ian McIntosh. I do. Yeah, it's a proper fucking journalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like turned it in. 
What? Arsh. Proper fucking journalist. <laughs> I'm not having it. Polytechnic team. Anyway, anyway so the new copy of the new <laughs> <laughs> is out on Wednesday. <laughs> second rate journalism. If you want to read second journalism. <laughs> I'm only joking. This you know I'm mucking about. Um, yeah. Well, that's out. One, one. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Did he come across as a sort of unusual, slightly colourful character? Or he, was, was he? he was actually quite quiet. And was he spoke he? quite quiet, uh, quite slowly, which... When you've got to transcribe an interview and write the thing out and you don't really appreciate how slowly the person's talking, you suddenly realise shit, actually. <laughs> Doesn't it make it easier, though, if you're transcribing slowly talking people? To transcribe, yeah, but then when I get when I get the thing afterwards, and I had, like, a day to write it. Yeah. So then I had to kind of write around all of that. Yeah. Really but, um, was it, so was he a good guy? You, yeah, he was really, really nice. Because you've, mean, met, you've met a few Premier League footballers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I suppose... They're not always going to be proper journalists. Yeah, proper journalists. Yeah, mate, I've taken a piss in a Spurs place toilet. I know, I haven't done that. Can we? Can we just cut through this? What was the bathroom like? You know what? Tiled walls. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. The floor was like it felt like it was kind of seemed like it was like a kind of faux leather on the floor. Heated floor, probably faux leather. That's what it seemed like. Did you walk in and go, whoa? To what number? <laughs> 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 I did. I mean, you treated yourself, didn't you? And then, he, and then he walked out. Went one flush, gone. <laughs> so it was me, our photographer, our videographer, and our YouTube presenter, um, all turning up, kind of moving the furniture around in his front room so we could do the photo shoot. And I kind of felt really bad that we like turned up in his house, like. And he's probably only lived there a couple of months. Yeah, we basically invaded his home for an afternoon. Is that normal? Like, is that do players normally when you interview them? Would it normally be the house well, or would it be not, a neutral venue? I would imagine it'd be like a, a bar do like or a, a studio or something. Yeah. So when we've done, I mean, for example, the Spurs ones we've done in the past, Deli Ali and Harry Kane, where they were both on the cover of the magazine, we did in kind of big studios. Um, but having kind of had conversations with his agent, he seemed happy to do it at home. With it's, it's more convenient for him. Mm. Most footballers are going to live somewhere where there's going to be nice, enough space. A nice get, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, really nice. Of course, it is. Yeah, yeah. really nice. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, where does he rank as the nicest footballers that you've met? Who's your favourite interview? The nicest person I've interviewed in football was Curtis Davis. He does seem like a really, really, guy. really nice guy. We probably spoke on the phone for like an hour. It was like four days before Christmas, and he was doing some. He was promoting some charity thing. Mm. It was when he still played for Villa, and we probably spoke about. I was writing a thing for our website about how you play against certain strikers in the Premier League and this was probably when Torres was at Liverpool and probably recognised as a best striker. I reckon we explained about 40 minutes he seemed going quite through like, every single striker really? in the Premier League. It's like, so how do you play against him? How do you play against him? That's fascinating, isn't it? It was really interesting. He's like really engaging. Yeah, he was good. Who's the worst? You, you can't say. Last time. You we can't. can do this before. <laughs> yeah, I told but who? You. I've seen him slip. Say. I told you who it was last time. I know. I did not on... Not on. No, I did, I said, last time. Oh, really? Yeah, you obviously. Why, why are you being cagey about saying it again, then? What Terry Venables? was? It was Terry Venables. Yeah, three times I've interviewed him. I've met him. difficult every time. Yeah, I've met him. Bright prick. <laughs> <laughs> and I have. And, and you know what? I've really said this before, but I was like, again, Ray Clements was bloody horrible as well. He, I, I, it's just really horrible around, to be around. Uh, maybe you had a bad day. Maybe, maybe you had a bad day. That, that was all it is. And you can't expect these people to be... to want to meet... <clears throat> You know, fans, people that paid their wages and all that. But you don't, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't have to meet these. There's people. a couple of Spurs players that I met who I don't think were very nice as well. All of the players I've met who Nick were at the time currently playing for Spurs have been really, really nice. Have you met uh, Michel Vaughan? No, I've met him. No. <laughs> you loved him, didn't you? You and him are like. I've not met Yamba Tongan either. If that's what's coming. Mm. You, can, you can fight for you too, Michel Vaughan. Gold is love a fight. Uh, <laughs> have you been on the London Eye, Bloody King? 
No. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's, 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 good. that's good. That's good. That is pretty good, actually, to be fair. You do win. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Um, but Victor, I mean, we all love him, don't we? He's got, he, he's, he, he has a likable personality and he, and he, he's just brilliant on the pitch. He's ruddy good at football. Yeah, ruddy good, as you say. Um, so when's it out, sorry, James? Uh, the 5th of October, Wednesday this week. Wednesday this week. Go, go and grab your copy. Uh, why wasn't he on the cover? Some pricks on the cover. Yeah, some Swedish guy. Some Swedish guy who likes to bully people. Zlatan and... Um, so if you, if you tweet about it this week, is Victor going to retweet your... He's already... I don't know if he'll retweet me. He's already retweeted 442. Oh, fair play. Do you follow them after meeting them in the hope that they'll follow you back? No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. I would. Um, so, quick question from Colo1989. He says, The missus had a poo in the brick. <laughs> Fuck me. She laid a brick. Flamed in the mood to say, I thought you read it already. <laughs> That's fucking out of order. <laughs> like, what? What? Um, fuck, all right, here's the question. The missus had a poo in the bricklayers yesterday. Yesterday, how would you feel if your other half did the same? Acceptable? Is it acceptable? Well, I, I would just worry about her self-respect because she's going into what is hell on earth—not the bricklayers' pub, but just the toilets are grim. Hey, oh, yeah. unless, unless the women's toilets are plush, I don't know. I've never been in there, but the men's toilets are fucking tiny horrible. and disgusting. Yeah, they are. Um, which, which is actually what I like about pubs, at, at pub toilets at football. I, yeah. I wouldn't want to walk into some plush. It has to be a shithole. I mean, ideally, crack files on the floor. That kind of level of of, of, of shitness. I would go. For, I would go for a shit in the Antwerp. I look, uh, sorry, the Antwerp's right, are quite they're nice. Not great. They're not great. They're not bad. I would go for a shit there. I'd openly go for a shit there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'd have to admire the half in for shit and the Brit layers. I would think a lot less of her. Well, the thing is, is by asking this question, he obviously has an issue with it. He's not happy. I reckon I might break up tomorrow. Well, I don't know if it's enough to break up on. I, I, I would be uh, that would be quite harsh. But I just think um, it's. I what what I can't get my head around is that she came out the toilet and went just a cracking poo or something to those. Unless she was too long in there. I, 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 don't, I don't know. It seems uh, like there must have been other things to have been thinking about. She must have really had to go. Yeah. But if I was in a situation, that would be the biggest thing of what happened yesterday. That would be the bit that, uh, as I was falling asleep, <laughs> it's bigger than a Man City win, isn't it? Yeah, it, much bigger. Um, I'd, I'd, I don't. I, my answer is no, it's not acceptable. But if she can do it quick, so it looks like she just went for a wee, you know, she needs to go to fair enough. But I'd rather be uncomfortable than have a poo, poo in a bit less. She's got to wait until she got to White Hart Lane. Yeah. Sure, it's not that far from the stadium. That's what a decent person would do. Yeah. <laughs> the way he's written it is really... I think it's deliberately ambiguous as well, because it doesn't actually mention the toilet. <laughs> he just says, the missus had the brick layers. <laughs> it could have been anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, she just found a quiet corner, squatted down, crimp one out. Oh, job done. The wor- that, that is the worst expression ever, crimp one out. <laughs> crimp a lamp. It's disgusting. Anyway. Into a pint glass. I trust no one else has it. <laughs> see, you see what we talk about? In fact, inside, when, inside this nice exterior is fucking evil. Pure evil. Pure evil. Right. Um, Whisker Vic- Whiskey Victor on Reddit, he says, do you think we face our own challenges now that the fan base has grown? Um, and now that chasing a title isn't that far-fetched. Uh, does he mean about the rising expectations? The Well, yeah, I think... Um, I think maybe when we're tuning a lot, there'd be a lot more panic 
in the ground. But yesterday there was none, and I can only presume at home it was the same for our fans. I think there is a bit of a there's a bit of a sea change in our in our fans, so to speak, and the expectations now are are higher. Do you know? Do you know they they are higher, but we're playing at a higher level. Yes. Um, so people's the grumblings are still there. You see them on Twitter. Certain Twitter accounts are still finding fault somehow. We, we had a funny question last week. Um, I'll let you finish. Go on. Remember they said, oh, how do you feel about Poch playing football as shit as AVB? Is that a real question? It was. What? A genuine question or someone yeah. winding up? No, 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 he, he was dead serious. Who is it? I'm not saying who he is, but yeah. All right. We, uh, that was a genuine question we got last week. No, so you... uh, I'm sure it's a wind-up. It's a wind-up. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. It's stupid. The... Um, um, but yeah, the problem is, is that no matter what level you get out, there will always be fans that want more and see the faults in everything you do, and will be. And it's natural that expectation goes up. The more success you have, the more diluted your fan base becomes. The more new faces come. You get a lot of foreign fans coming in who probably don't create the. Um... See who it is. Oh well, um, I... <laughs> he's got the scariest avatar I've ever seen. Um... I mean, I'm sure it might have been a joke. No. Anyway, the uh, the um, yeah yeah. So you kind of it, success brings with it a number of challenges, and in order, and, and maintaining authenticity is is one of the, the key ones for me. Um, the biggest test we're going to have is in the inevitable. I mean, you you can't perform at this level forever, and if you do, like Arsenal have in terms of finishing the top four, that they're not happy with finishing second now because they're you know broken fan base. There is a risk that that kind of thing happens. That could happen to anybody. I, I, I hope that it wouldn't happen to Tottenham, but I can't say that we're immune to it. And that could potentially be magnified by the fact that we'll be in a new stadium with a much larger capacity, with potentially a different atmosphere, different fans who haven't always necessarily been going to games regularly. You've breaking up familiar kind of seating arrangements where people have known each other for ages. I think they can. I think they can work. The club can find a way to make that happen. There needs to be a lot, many lessons learned from West Ham, yeah. and ensuring that, pe- that, that, that the blocks in the stadium are moved together mm. because we're a bigger stadium. There's going to be bigger sections. You can bring, move those blocks together, ensuring that there's a place in the stadium where like-minded fans can can be together. The ones that like to stand and sing. This is the area where we're going to place you, and you can you can put in your application that that's where you want to sit. It's not that difficult. I think they'll be able to find a way of that. I do agree with that, and but I mean, the, the last time we were in the Champions League and just after that was the probably the only time in my lifetime that I've sort of started to fall out of love a bit with football and, and stop wanting to go to White Hart Lane because the sense of entitlement amongst the fan base at that period I found really frustrating. <laughs> Uh, there was so much moaning whenever we didn't play well from the first minute. Mm. There was such a lack of people getting behind the team and rallying them. Um, and I'm terrified that that will come back at some point. And like you say, while we're playing Step-dad. at this level... Stepdad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. While we're playing at a level where we're matching the expectations, it's fine. Yeah. But it's... the second that drops... Yeah. And, and I mean, yesterday I was sat next to a guy who was coating off Lamella from minute one to minute 90 I like him and, and when he missed the penalty he, he used that as a stick to beat him with there's people like that dotted throughout the stadium mm. who just pick on one player and, and go for them the whole game and not support the team and get behind them um, and I think that has potential to grow the second things go wrong I mean I don't think there's I don't think the kind of xenophobia in football is such a big deal as it was maybe 10 years ago but I do think there's an element of 
fans who are slightly xenophobic and they're slightly sceptical of foreign managers and foreign footballers. Mm. And I think if if things did go bad for Pochettino, I don't think he'd have as much grace as a British or an English manager would, for example. Mm. I mean, that that tweet that he's just mentioned sort of sums it up in a way, you know... People aren't willing to. He, he's not playing traditional wingers, so he's not playing exciting football. It's that kind of old-fashioned um, viewpoint, um, which I fundamentally disagree with. But I, it does concern me slightly that the second this drops off, and um, things turn. I mean, it's difficult to police hundreds of thousands or millions, in fact, of Spurs fans. Um, I mean, as Alex likes to say um, over and over again, um, you've got to kind of find glory and success where you want to find it. You can't just say, well, if we do shit, let's all get behind the team. We've just got to try and, you know, find your own, find glory in, in, your, in, your, in your own way. I think that's, that's such a mature way to look at football and such a difficult point to reach. Um, it's good for Alex that he's got to that situation and, and that place. Um, but it's really hard to expect that from other people. Mm. And, and I, is that I couldn't do it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do my best to do it, and, and generally I get over defeats quite quickly, much more than I did. I mean, when when Spurs lost four one to Arsenal in the League Cup, it must have been Redknapp's second year. Yeah, yeah. I was ready to give up football. <laughs> <laughs> was that the win where Kulka made his debut? Yeah. Yes, Sandro game four one. Nasri scored, and I was r- literally ready. To, to just walk away with that. I went back home and spoke to my missus and went I can't do it I can't do this anymore I can't put myself through this this is horrible and then a couple of days three or four days I was I was over it but now I'm I'm older and much more philosophical about it and I can kind of reach that place also where, um, Spurs don't lose as many games now that's prob- that might well be and, it and also I don't feel like we've plateaued I think or to, a, to a degree I felt when we beat Inter 3-1 I thought I didn't think it was going to get any better than that and it didn't I feel that you know we beat Man City yesterday. I think there's much, much more to come. That's why I don't think we're our best. I think there's much better to come from us this season. James? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it feels like we're still moving forward. I know that's kind of quite scary for people to acknowledge. Mm. Um, mm. You're definitely going to get people who are going to complain whatever happens. So I'd say you know you kind of block that out if it pisses you off and just kind of get on with it and do your own thing. Um, it's a shame that this question is, is right at the end because we have to we have to get out of here. I'm wondering if we saved this this question. The question is uh, from Sean Armfield. He says, dare I say it, is Toby better than Ledley? And this is like... We could do a quick roundtable now and then just do it, yeah. get into it next week. Okay. Right, I'll I tell you a round, a round table and then each have a sentence to explain their decision. And that's it. Okay. Because we've got to get out of here. Okay. All right, you first, eat. No, he is not. But it's not much in it. Wendy. Oh, God. Don't worry, because they probably won't even listen to this, so it doesn't matter what you say, really. I think he's a better footballer, but I don't think he's uh, better than Dudley. Right, now, so, I can't, off the top of my head, yeah. having only thought about it for the last, I can't think of any mistakes that, like, big blunders that all the viral has made. I'm sure there must have been... Stoke 2-2. That was, that was it. The pe- penalty? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So he gave away a penalty? Yeah. So let the thing fucked up at... Um, Norwich. Yes, and he gave away that penalty at Man City, mm. but to me, and he fucked up in the League Cup final as well, 2002. So what are you saying? The same on average. <laughs> but I need to see how the games they played. Ledley was more than just a really good player. He was he meant something really yeah, yeah. special to the club, and that's what I think Toby can never reproduce, and that's why Ledley's better. And and a kind of a bastion for all the shit people on earth yeah. because 
his legs shouldn't have allowed him to be the player he was and he, he, he defied the odds he's like a guy who was bound to a wheelchair but found a way to walk again can you yeah. what, what a pairing that King and Alvaro would have been together imagine that as a centre incredible pairing. absolutely incredible um I can't pick between them. I really can't. And and the only it's so difficult because Ledley King paid for some utter shit teams, really bad teams, and he was by far and away the he standout did, he player. He deserved better. For, he did deserve better for for so far, so you know, for so long. I, I, I based on what I've seen from Alderweireld, I think he's a better defender. But. Would Alvaro be the defender he is if he didn't have such a fucking brilliant team around him yeah. and a manager that, that's, yeah, that has that's a system working? So I, I mean, I know everyone loves Michael Dawson, but you know, Ledley King spent a lot of his career playing alongside Michael Dawson, whereas and he was in front of Ledley King as well. Not Dyer, not Dembele. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not Wanyama. Sandro Scott Parker. There, you know, not bad. That's towards the tail end. He did play for like. 15 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did have a bunch of Chavich next to him at one stage so um, uh, look it's, it's unfair to compare them I get why the comparisons are coming but look it's Ledley's legacy will be his legacy forever and it was just a shame for him that he had to play in such a shit Tottenham team for, for so long barring the very end um, but Alderweireld is here now and hopefully here for a long time uh, if him and Vertonghen can play into his early 30s if we keep all of them together and Pochettino we could fucking do amazing things. If, if this is the one time that Pochettino, that we have someone at Tottenham who is too good for us, or, or based on that, or on our recent history, sh- it is beyond, levels beyond what uh, where our club has been. But decides to stay and forget all of the logical reasons why you should leave and go to Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Manchester City, whatever it is. If he just thinks, nah, I've got shit to do here. And all of the players believe it as well because they're all fucking signing new contracts. Don't get me wrong, fucking loads more money, but they're signing new contracts. Maybe this is it. <laughs> Maybe this is the one guy because we've lost Berbatov, we've lost Modric, we lost Carrick, we lost Bow. All of them shit cunts jump, jump, jump the boat. Is that right? Jump ship. Jump ship. They jump ship. They saw cracks, but maybe Pochettino he fixes the cracks and he gets on that fucking boat and he drives it through to glory. Maybe. I fucking hope so. Uh, I've I said love it before, but I don't know why some why a big club hasn't just put fifty put fifty million on the table for Alderweireld because he would improve any team in the world. Yeah. That's a great shout. Yeah, hopefully no one listens to this. Um, all right, that's it. Good, nice, solid, solid. No silliness this week. No. There was Wendy was very unhappy with the performance last week. He was it's a very silly yeah, episode. Yeah, the money's to us all. It wasn't happy. It wasn't happy with this. Wendy likes true. solid that's football right. chat. That's how we hacked his account. <laughs> uh, that's not true, man. I'll tell you what is true. Barley was unhappy with our performance <laughs> in Barley's brain bus. Bless him. That's Bless solid him. gold. He worked so hard on that quiz. But what? We were trying. <laughs> we were really Try harder. Trying. I know. That he, I, I couldn't. I didn't know the answers to his questions. They were too difficult. <laughs> How do you think you'd fare, James? I think I would have smashed all of you last time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyone would have done other than us three. We had the win. I mean... Alex reckons he did all right, but I think we were terrible. But you always say it, and you clam up in the fucking... Yeah, when, no, when the sh- pressure's on, it's, it's yeah. hard. But uh, T's... Because T's bored... Like, I'm pretty sure he's Asperger's or autistic. <laughs> I mean, it's just true, because no one can pull facts out of the fucking air. Like, it's like Rain Man shit. I love being flattered like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's a genius. He's anyway... More, he's more like Cumberbatch and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Goes into his memory palace, <laughs> plucks out... Frodo Grodas. Yeah, that, that's probably kinder than saying he's like uh, Dustin Hoffman. 
in uh, in Rain Man, isn't it? Sorry, T, I love you. Okay, thank you very much for downloading the podcast. Remember to subscribe, give us reviews, um, and, and, and tell your friends about it if they haven't listened to already. Um, we've got nothing, no shit to sell, so uh, there's nothing else to say here. James, thanks so much for coming back thank again. You. Uh, when are you interviewing the next Spurs player? Uh, I don't know. Nothing planned? Nothing, nothing, nothing planned. Why don't you speak to... Who would you like to hear from? Danny Rose, actually. Wow, yeah, go and get Danny yeah, Rose. Yeah, yeah. That would be brilliant. Yeah. So speak to your editor. Yeah. Tell them, Spurs fans, and I'll tell you how many people listen to this podcast after we've finished. Okay. A shitload. Seven. More than I thought. Eight. <laughs> More than that. It's like a hassle pack higher. And a couple of zeros. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's loads. So tell them that the fans want it. Not that we speak for all of the people that download the pod, but we do. Yeah, yeah, we want Danny Rose. Yeah, if we do that, you're going to go out and buy the magazine. I always buy. It. I've got the Daily Alley one and Larry Kane one. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, that's been the fighting cop website. Thank you, website podcast. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Can we just beat Man City oh. more than that? Yeah, coins. Coins. Up the coins. What do we talk about? In, 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 in. What do we talk about? In, 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 in. What do we talk about? In, 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 in concise sentences. Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. Zero point zero percent alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>